plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily podcast on the Arizona Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into your Thursday edition of Locked On Cardinals. I'm your host and all-around Arizona sports expert, Gavin Shaw. Since coming to the Valley three years ago for college, I've covered just about every Arizona State sport imaginable in addition to covering the Phoenix Suns. But I dropped it all to bring you the best and the brightest on the Arizona Cardinals five days a week. Again, this is your Thursday edition. We have a very special guest, as promised yesterday, Sam Ekstrom from ColdOmaha.com. He's a Minnesota Vikings beat writer for that website. Uh, He's going to come on, break down everything important going on with that Vikings team as of now. So Cardinals fans will not have any questions when those two teams take the field on Sunday. Sam and I go over Blair Walsh getting cut, uh, how the team has dealt with their recent losing streak, how the team has dealt with two consecutive traumatic injuries to Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian Peterson, the play of Sam Bradford, his limited pocket mobility, options outside of Stefan Diggs, assuming Patrick Peterson uh, does his usual and shuts him down this game, uh, where the defense has fallen off over the course of this losing streak and how it could potentially turn around and why the offensive line is so bad. And finally, Sam gives a prediction on this game. I don't want to delay it any longer. You don't want it delayed any longer. So without further ado, here is Sam Ekstrom. All right, welcome back into Locked On Cardinals. I'm your host, Gavin Shaw. And as promised, we bring on Sam Ekstrom of, uh, Sam, tell me if I get this right, coldomaha.com. He's a beat writer covering the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that, that's pretty close. Uh, Cold Omaha is derived from the Hubert Humphrey saying back in the day, the old politician who said, without professional sports, Minneapolis would just be a cold Omaha. And, and we're part of the Cumulus Media Network up here in Minneapolis. So we work with KQRS, 93X, 105 The Vibe, all the Cumulus Media stations, and we have our own independent website but uh yeah it's, it's a jack of all trades minnesota sports site i've got the viking side of it and it's been a tumultuous year that's for sure yeah definitely a lot lots of highs and lows uh you, you were just at practice today what, what were your takeaways from uh being there well we got to hear from the coordinators today the offensive coordinator pat Shermer, defensive coordinator george edwards special teams coordinator mike prefer and obviously the big story here this week is the departure of blair walsh who got cut on Tuesday after missing his eighth kick of the year in nine games. They bring in Kai Forbath, the former Redskins and Saints kicker, to fill that void. So we heard a lot from Prefer about the way Walsh departed and how they're going to work with Forbath going forward. Uh, there was no trust in Blair Walsh uh, toward the end of this thing, Gavin, not from the team, not from the coaches, not from the fan base. And now they have a guy in Forbath who – has instant chemistry with his fellow UCLA alumni, Jeff Locke, the holder, and Kevin McDermott, the long snapper. They work out together in the summers, and now they've been united here in Minnesota. So that's the biggest change of the week. We talked to Forbath yesterday, actually. He's excited to be here. He thinks that it's going to be an easy transition. 
it has yet to be seen. Vikings fans have been burned by their kicker the last couple of years, and I think they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. They're hoping that Forbath is the answer for some stability at that position. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating because uh, the Cardinals went through a similar situation this week. Obviously, just just trading punters and re-signing Drew Butler, who was frankly awful the entire first part of the year. Uh, you you guys are kind of becoming UCLA East a little bit between all those special team guys and the linebacking core. Yeah, and and don't forget about Mike Harris, the right guard last year, who's actually missed this entire season. Like, yeah, UCLA guys right and left. The previous punter, Chris Cluey, who I actually had on Lockdown Vikings earlier today, he's a UCLA guy. Uh, they love those Bruins, and the Vikings actually have a habit of drafting multiple guys from the same school for whatever the reason. They've kind of got their few schools that they really like. They like USC. They like Notre Dame. They like UCLA. About a couple of years ago, they drafted two wide receivers from Arkansas in the same draft. They seem to appreciate when they can bring in guys who have instant chemistry with one another, which made perfect sense uh, in the special teams sense or in the linebacking sense with Barr and Kendricks, your nickel linebackers, who are former roommates at UCLA. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And you guys almost had my all-time favorite backfield. I grew up a big fan of the University of Oklahoma, and they had Sam Bradford. They had Adrian Peterson. But the only reason they needed to get Sam Bradford was because uh, Terry Bridgewater suffered that traumatic knee injury, and Adrian Peterson then got hurt two games into the season. So my, my dream backfield was uh, immediately dead. What, what would you say the attitude around this team has been after overcoming those two losing streaks? And wow, Gavin, what a roller coaster it's been. First of all, you've got Teddy Bridgewater, who looks like probably the best version of himself in training camp and preseason. His final preseason game, it was the, the very first game played in U.S. Bank Stadium against San Diego, and he was spectacular. He was running around in the pocket. He was making plays with his legs. He was making throws that he had never made in the first two seasons of his career. And then two days later, to have him go down and nearly lose his leg uh, by all the reports that I've read, and I was there that day. It was very, very dramatic and, and heart, you know, heart-crushing for everyone in the Vikings organization. But for them to then go 5-0, and based around this, defense, the people were comparing to the 85 Bears and had this incredibly efficient and you know somewhat conservative, but an, an offense that made really good decisions and didn't turn the football over. People were talking Super Bowl. People were, were honestly buying into that. And then for the defense to take a step back like it has, for the offense to come back to earth and regress back to the mean and the running game continue to be non-existent. People are starting to jump off that bandwagon. Now, obviously, there is an opening here, and it's the mediocrity of the NFC North. Green Bay is not the team it used to be. Chicago is a mess. Honestly, the best team right now in the NFC North is the Detroit Lions. Who would have thought that? Because they have the healthiest offensive line. The Vikings' offensive line is in complete shambles. Uh, same can be said for Green Bay in some areas, as well as Chicago. Chicago has really no guard depth right now. So it's, it's all about the Detroit Lions right now, who are the current leaders in the NFC North, and the Vikings actually play them a week from today on Thanksgiving, which is shaping up to be a pivotal matchup in the NFC North. But there's a lot of panic right now, Gavin, as I'm sure you can imagine, whenever a team loses four in a row, especially for winning five in a row. So it kind of shades of 2003 all over again. 
when the Vikings started 6-0 and and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think your divisional hopes, or rather the Vikings' divisional hopes, are entirely shaped by Sam Bradford because he's kind of been the one bright light on that offense that uh, continues to recede. How, how would you assess his performance so far this season? I know Bruce Arians was asked about it at practice this week, and he described Bradford's whole career as bad luck, an assessment I would agree with because I've always thought that he's, he's been a relatively successful NFL quarterback when you surround him with the right talent. Bradford has, has exceeded my expectations for sure, and I think a lot of Vikings fans' expectations. He's thrown 11 TDs against two interceptions. You really can't fault him for this four-game losing streak other than he's totally immobile. And it has people craving the agility of Teddy Bridgewater because if you look at the Washington game, which Minnesota lost last week, twice on the final series of the game, Bradford gets sacked. doesn't have the best pocket awareness in the world, and as a result, he takes a lot of sacks. And when you have an immobile quarterback behind a leaky, porous, offensive line, that's the result you're going to have. You're going to get on to be hit a lot, and they've been trying to mitigate that with quicker throws, shorter drops, and it actually seems to have worked pretty well the last two weeks with the Vikings generating over 330 yards of offense both those weeks. But Bradford's been fine. It really isn't about Bradford. It's more about lack of running game and a decrease in uh, defensive effectiveness, whether it's getting sacked, getting takeaways, and getting stops on third down, that I think is the biggest uh, outlier in this four-game losing streak. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that offensive line. Is obviously you, you mentioned it at the top. They've dealt with their share of injuries right now, producing the worst rushing attack in all of football. They've uh, their top five in sacks allowed on the season. Uh, is, is there any hope for that unit, or is it just a situation where Bradford has to get the ball out as quickly as humanly possible? Yeah, you're going to see the exact same type of game plan they used against Detroit and Washington, I think, for the rest of the season. They've reduced his drops from about seven, five to seven-step drops on average under North Turner, who obviously uh, resigned two weeks ago now. And with Pat Shermer, they completely revitalized it. It's much more West Coast, quicker throws, shorter drops. He's getting it out in about 2.1 seconds per drop, which is amongst the fastest in the league. The offensive line has just been decimated by injury. And they went into the season with hope, I think, that they were getting guys back from injury and Phil Lodehold and John Sullivan. Well, Phil Lodehold had a setback in his, in his rehab. He retires in training camp. Then John Sullivan going up against Joe Berger for the center spot. Uh, John Sullivan coming off back surgery wasn't quite the same, and he was pricey. So they released John Sullivan. Then you got Mike Harris, your starting right guard from last season. He's right now undergoing a mysterious medical condition, which we're not privy to, but he's out for the season. Then you've got Matt Khalil coming back. He, you know, tears his labrum. Andre Smith tears his bicep. So, essentially, you've got four different starters than you anticipated going into the year. The only one who's been in there is Alex Boone. That was the long-term uh, deal that gave him in the offseason to play left guard. But you're on your third or fourth-string guy. And just when Jake Long their latest addition at left tackle, is starting to look like his former self. He goes down on the penultimate play of the Washington game with a torn Achilles. He's done for the year. So it's a mass unit on the offensive line, and there's no quick fixes. You can't just go find left tackles on the street, and the Vikings have virtually no cap space left. So they're going to be stuck with the guys they have. 
actually going to be playing Jeremiah Searles at a starting tackle in all likelihood. If you haven't heard of the name before, that's, that's okay. Most people haven't. T.J. Clemmings is going to be just their other tackle. And he really was never supposed to play any of these first two seasons. And yet, because of injury, uh, the draft pick last year has been forced into action in all but two games of his career so far. So injuries, Gavin, just killing the Vikings on the offensive line. And unless they can somehow find a way to put it together behind Tony Sperano, their new offensive line coach, I think they're in for a long rest of the season at the O-line. So it seems like the one avenue this offense has consistently found to success is getting the ball in the hands of Stephon Diggs. Uh, I believe 13 catches each of the last two weeks. He's likely to be shadowed by Patrick Peterson, who for the most part has locked down anyone he's been assigned to in single coverage uh, for the entirety of this season. Do you see Diggs having any sort of success against him? I think Diggs can have success. I don't know if he'll make 13 grabs like he did the last two weeks, which is just phenomenal. i got to look up the uh, the three-game receiving record and see if Diggs is, is threatening that, because I imagine he's pretty close. But Peterson's a special talent, but so is Diggs. And Diggs is a lot better this year than he was last year. I think, obviously, people are thinking back to week 14, Thursday night last season, when Stephon Diggs pretty well got shut down in that uh, primetime game. But Diggs has learned to absorb contact a little better. He's even a little crisper in his route running. He catches everything in his vicinity, and he's proof that you don't need to be tall to have a good catch radius. And they drafted Laquan Treadwell, who's big, and I think Stephon Diggs, who's diminutive, has a much better pass radius than catch radius, excuse me, than Laquan Treadwell. So I think it's going to be a great battle. I'm sure Peterson will will get his licks in there, but I got Diggs on about six catches in this game. You know, number one, just because I think he's talented. Number two, because the Vikings really trust him, and Diggs is obviously their favorite target. All right, and with the running game not really being much of an option, particularly against this Cardinals defense, who, who's, who are the secondary targets this Cardinals team should look out for? Because those are really the spots that have hurt the Cardinals, particularly with Tyron Matthew out. He's expected to play this week, but probably won't be at 100%. That's where teams have found success, going away from their first target and just attacking Marcus Cooper and the Cardinals' other cornerbacks. The Vikings have seen two wide receivers emerge this year that you wouldn't have expected about eight months ago. Adam Thielen, who started to get some reps later last season and really showed some flashes. He's an undrafted player out of Division II Minnesota State Mankato. So he's a local product, actually went to high school in Detroit Lakes up near Fargo. And he has come on to be arguably the Vikings' second-best receiver. Now, on the other hand, you've got Cordero Patterson, very different pedigree than Thielen, former first-round pick who had a fantastic rookie year, nine touchdowns. Then Zimmer comes in. They held Patterson to a much higher standard in his route running, and he disappeared for two years. There was no sign that Patterson was going to have any sort of meaningful NFL career until this year. They stuck him on special teams, got him some, got him involved in the game, and it seemed like it really resonated with Patterson, and he took off and has become a, a very very successful wide receiving threat is about their third receiver. He's really gritty after the catch. He's got great hands, not great at running routes downfield, but on bubble screens and slants, he can be deadly with the ball in his hand. He's obviously a great return man as well. So behind Diggs, Thielen and Patterson 
have emerged to be uh, extremely capable wide receivers, uh, even when Diggs isn't getting the ball. All right, I want to flip to the other side of the ball. The defense hasn't been bad over the last couple of weeks, but as you said, they were drawing 85 Bears comparisons over those first five games, one of the most dominant units in recent memory. Uh, well, what, what has gone wrong, and why have they fallen off? Number one, I think injuries are, are certainly a an excuse or a reason. I mean, in the Philadelphia game, which was the first in their four-game losing streak, Andrew Sandejo goes down in the first quarter, and then he misses that game and the next game. So there's one piece. Then you've got Eric Kendrick, who's missed the last two weeks. You had uh, Captain Munderland have to leave the game early. You had um, you've had Sharif Floyd out this entire time. So slowly, you know, through attrition, the Vikings have lost little pieces in this defense that, that, that have been hurting them. So when that whole unit has been together, they were 5-0. and But ever since they started losing guys, they have uh, they struggled a lot more. Now, I think teams also learned that if they get the ball out more quickly, they're not going to be susceptible to that pass rush. So as the Vikings have done themselves on offense, other teams have gone to those shorter drops and quicker releases. And the Vikings cornerbacks, I think they're better on downfield routes. Guys like Trey Waynes, who are younger and not quite as good in tight spaces, aren't as good at defending close to the line of scrimmage. So Kirk Cousins last week tore up the Vikings 22 of 33 um, and just really had his way with them, especially on third down, by getting the ball out fast. Trey Waynes has a tendency to give a pretty big cushion on the wide receiver. And he had his way with them. Teams are over 50% on third down the last three weeks. And another reason you can attribute that to is success running the ball early in series. First down and second down, teams are gashing for four, five, six yards, putting themselves in better situations and eliminating those third and longs where the Vikings really like to pin their ears back and blitz. They're, they're a third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve blitzing type team. That's when they really eat uh, with that defensive line. Not nearly as much success on those third and two, third and three. All right, so do you see them finding that earlier season form at any point for the rest of the season, or do you think they have to cope with being merely good on defense instead of all-time elite? I think they're going to get better. Number one, they've got virtually the entire defense back as of today at practice. They've got Captain Munderland back from his ankle injury. They've got Eric Hendricks back from his hip injury, and they've got Clarence Newman back from an illness. The only guy missing right now is Sharif Floyd, but he's been missing since week one. So. The defense is finally going to be at its healthiest on Sunday for the first time since week five. Um, Secondly, look at who you have at head coach. You've got Mike Zimmer, who is a a defensive mastermind, who's going to find a way to get this defense stabilized. Right now he's undergoing one of the worst losing streaks of his coaching career. In fact, it is the worst. The first time his team has lost four games in a row under his watch. But with the grit and the toughness that he preaches, and the ceiling that they've shown, I have a hard time believing that Mike Zimmer doesn't get that unit squared away. I think there's more concern that the offense isn't able to sustain success because of that offensive line and because of the running game. I have a lot of faith that the Vikings defense will get back to its previous form. I mean, just take a look at the numbers. They're still the best scoring defense in the NFL. They've had some slip-ups. They've had some poor tackling. They need to wrap up better. But now that they're healthy again, I think they'll get some swagger back. They'll get a boost being at home on Sunday. Uh, I like the Vikings' defense. I like the defensive chances of getting back. I honestly do. 
it's the offense I'm most concerned about. All right, and this is a pretty fascinating matchup because I would consider this a must-win for the Cardinals given the fact that the division is almost out of reach for them. For the Vikings, as you said, there's a little bit of leeway. They could theoretically lose this, and just because Detroit and Green Bay, uh, neither of them are world beaters, and they do have that game with the Lions the week after, uh, they could possibly afford a loss here, but still a game they'd really, really like to win. Given that context, uh, who do you see coming away with it? I, I hope I don't come across as a homer here, Gavin. I do think the Vikings get it done just because this team's too good to lose five consecutive games. The defense is more intact. The offense seems to have found a more comfortable rhythm with Pat Shermer. They've addressed the kicking issue, which I think was hanging over everybody's head. It seems like almost a fresh start this week. They've been more relaxed to practice. Actually, the Vikings coaches, for the first time all year, permitted them to blast rap music during the warm-up portion of practice, which I think has this team you know, in a better state of mind. They're not feeling as much pressure in, within the team as you might think. Um, I'm confident the Vikings will find a way to get done. And if they don't, Gavin, I'm not sure this is a playoff team. I think this is going to show what the Vikings are made of. Like you said, must win. Vikings haven't won in over a month. If they don't have the urgency at home in front of a raucous crowd, then there's something wrong with this team. And it'll go to show that the five-game winning streak was more of an anomaly than this five-game losing streak, if indeed that is the case. Hey, I, I definitely respect the Pete Carroll uh, rap music strategy. Sam, uh, I'm sure a lot of Cardinals fans want to learn more about this Vikings team. Can you tell them where exactly they can find your work and, and what you have coming out the rest of this week? Absolutely. Well, Locked On Vikings is daily on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today we had Chris Cluey on the show, a former teammate of Blair Walsh's, highly opinionated individual. He was fantastic. You can go back and podcast that. We've also got Sage Rosenfeld. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, former Vikings, Giants, Redskins, Texans, uh, Dolphins quarterback. Got to get all five in there. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, from a journalism standpoint, you can find my work at any of the Cumulus Media websites up here in the Twin Cities. So the parent website is coldomaha.com. You mentioned it earlier. KQRS.com, 93X.com, 105TheVibe.com. All that work is syndicated across those sites. Vikings content uh, on just about a daily basis, whether it's in written or podcast form. So a lot of good stuff up here. I know there's probably plenty of uh, transplanted Minnesotans down there enjoying the warm weather this time of year. So if they're interested in that, plenty to be found uh, on this end. Yeah, you can get all the coverage without any of the cold, Sam. We really appreciate it. Yeah, but, uh, thanks a lot for this, Gavin. All right, well, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have you on if uh, these teams end up beating in the playoffs. Uh, fingers crossed uh, things seem to not be totally trending in that direction, but I guess it's still a possibility. Uh, again, uh, that's Sam Ekstrom, coldtoomaha.com. Uh, we'll talk to you later, Sam. Talk to you later, Sam. Big thanks to Sam for coming on once again. You can find all of his work at coldomaha.com. I think he more than proved himself to be an expert on that Vikings team, so I would highly encourage Anyone who wants to learn more about the Cardinals' opponent this week to head over to coldomaha.com and check out all of his work. And I highly encourage you to check out everything in the Locked On Podcast Network. We're really a unique product. We're the only source of daily podcast information on your favorite team. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can find every single one of the podcasts on audioboom.com as well if iTunes is not your speed. Uh, now, just a quick uh, programming note. I have a uh, broadcast tomorrow, so we will not be putting out a new Locked On Cardinals uh, Friday, but we will be having one 
uh, Saturday, the day before the game, with our weekly made-up mailbag and then just my final thoughts on the Vikings, Cardinals, and a prediction. So definitely tune in to that on Saturday. Uh, outside of that, we'll be back next week. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.